What is going on, 19 North? Is everybody having a good night so far? Okay, awesome. That was that was pretty weak, but, but we'll get better. It's good. It's good, I know. Hey, guys, we, uh, we have two gentlemen here who are going to be going to Cambodia. So Stephen and Andy, are you guys here tonight? I know Stephen is here running around somewhere. Are you, if you guys are here, can you guys come to the front real quick? Stephen and Andy? Stephen and Andy? There's, there's Andy. There's Stephen. Yes, give these boys a hand. Okay, come on. They're both quiet. Lee coming to the front. But, um, you know, we, uh, we, we definitely support uh, missionaries, you know, all, all over the, the world as a church. And we make, we make it a really big deal when people step out to serve other countries and to go and obey the call of God on their life. And I thought it was very awesome uh, that, that, you know, Stephen, you made the choice pretty late, right? To, to go to Cambodia. You made it at the same time, but wait, what happened about financially? Tell them. So funds came in basically in the last two weeks that they were actually able to come in. And I only got fully funded last Friday. Fully funded means what? Means I raised around $4,400. In two weeks, two. That's pretty crazy, right? So we want to. We just want to celebrate these guys. We want to pray over them and protection. I don't know. Um, you probably hear a little bit about what what is going on over there, and in a lot of ways. But you know, it's not necessarily the safest of places. So we want to pray pray protection over these guys. They're going with a very good organization, um, staying with locals over there as well. So it is a very safe trip that they're taking. But in the same sense. Um, you know, they're going into a place that the Christians aren't necessarily celebrated in, in a lot of ways, and they're taking the gospel. And one of my favorite stories in ministry so far was a time, I don't know if you want to tell it real quick, but no, I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Andy, see, this is this is a testimony of the grace of God. Um, I, I saw we had a couple from uh, from Overland Missions come in, and, uh, and, and we were just talking with them. I said, hey, tell me about your favorite part about the trip. They were actually leading the, the trip to Cambodia. And they said, it was when Andy spoke to, to everybody on the street and told him his testimony. I was like, Andy? And they, she said, yeah, it was Andy. I was like, Andy? She said, yes, Andy. I was like, what happened? I've, like, I've never heard him speak before like publicly. And, he, and she said, everybody around gave their hearts to the Lord. She said, it was unbelievable. Everybody gave their hearts to the Lord there. How many people do you think gave their hearts to the Lord? Probably like what 40? 40 people gave their hearts to the Lord when Andy shared his testimony over there. Isn't that awesome? And so can you blame him for wanting to go back and, and be used by God? So let's just pray over these guys and let's let's just pronounce a blessing of heaven over them in protection. Why don't you guys connect because I only have one good arm over here, okay? God, thank you so much for these amazing gentlemen, God. We just pray a protection and, and blessing of heaven over their lives, God. I thank you that you use them in great and mighty ways as they go to Cambodia, Father, and serve you and advance the kingdom of God. God, I pray that you give them boldness and strength and courage to, to go into the places where the hurting and the lost and the broken are. Father, thank you that you use them mightily as they go. Thank you, God, that you, you provided everything that they need to go on that trip. God, you're just so good. You always do that for us. You take care of us. You, you, you give us provision where you send us. God, thank you for the blessing of heaven and protection over their life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Give these guys a hand. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Glad you guys are going. Well, tonight, um, I have, uh, uh, this was kind of a late, a late call. Uh, usually we want to be able to, to give you guys a whole bunch of, uh, of, of, you know, time when, when something like this happens. I had a message planned and everything, but 
uh, Scott Fletcher, who is one of the most influential people who's ever been in my life. I knew he was going to be back here. Um, I just found out he was going to be here this, uh, you know, just this Thursday, I believe. And so I called Pastor John and asked our, our senior pastor, I asked Pastor John if, if Scott would be able to, to come and, and to share because Scott's, uh, he was in the main service tonight. And Pastor John said, yeah, go for it. Ask him, let him know. I just have to tell you that when I was 13 years old, um, I, I think I've told this story where some of you might have heard it. I was a very hurting and a very lost little boy. And, uh, and, and I had a whole bunch of baggage in my life and a whole bunch of, of things that stem from, from a whole bunch of different areas in my life. And just when I say my life was very unhealthy, it was very unhealthy. Um, and, and, and I went to a youth ministry at 13 years old, and, uh, and Scott was speaking there. And he, uh, he said at the end of the message, he said, uh, if there's anybody here who feels a call in your life, I want you to come forward. I want to pray for you. And I just felt like God was dealing with my heart, like I needed to go up there. But, you know, I was a Catholic boy. I never really, uh, I went to church, but I didn't really care about my relationship with God until that point. It was just like God was just compelling me. I needed to go to the front. And so in that time, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I, 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 de I dedicated my life to ministry. And uh, time went by. I wasn't allowed to go back to church because I was I was 13, and you know we were raised in a Catholic home, and this church was a cult uh, and to, to to my parents, and and so I wasn't allowed to go back. And my life spiraled downward. I rededicated my life to the Lord when I was 18, and the first thing that I did was I served at a youth camp. And guess who was the speaker? Scott Fletcher, right? So Scott was speaking at, at the youth camp, and he. He prayed. He said, "I want to pray for people who feel called in your life," and and I, I was like, "That's me, you know, it's me again." And I go up and receive prayer, and and Scott spoke something into my life. He just said to he just said to me, "Oh, the people in your path." He just said that to me, and I'll never ever forget it. It was it, it was like every chain in my life broke at that point because I was so I was beating myself up so badly for the life that I'd lived over the last five years, not living for God and and choosing you know, choosing the, the path that I took, I didn't think that I was acceptable, um, that God could really use me. And so, um, so Scott spoke that word into my life and it was like the power of God hit me and, and chains were broken in my life forever. And so I will always be grateful for his ministry. And I want to let you know, like he is, uh, I look up to this man so much. So 19 North, can you please put your hands together for Scott as he comes? Come on out there, Scotty boy. He's coming. <laughs> the grand entrance, huh, Scott? <laughs> we'll give you, is it okay with the handheld? You okay with the handheld? Hey, there's a, can you hear me? Yep, let's use the handheld here. Okay, let's get it. we'll go to a handheld. Oh, you're good. Oh, is that good? We made it. Thank you we guys so power. much. Guys, can you give Scott a hand one more time? Thank you, Scott. Thank Thanks you, for Scott. being here. All right, it's my pleasure to be here at 19 North uh, again. I think I've been here, are we sure, are we good with the mic? Yes, no, good, okay. I think this has been my, maybe my fourth time or third time being here. Does anyone remember me? Yeah, okay, we have a couple. How many people are here, you've only been going to 19 North the last year? Can you raise your hand? Can't hardly see out there, but that's yeah, that's a lot of hands. Um, how many say 19 North has helped you? 
All right, that's good news. You know, I, I really believe in Zach and Lauren and what they're doing, not just them, but also, I, you know, the team that is, that is operating here to, to help bring a message to today's young people. Uh, as young adults, it's very important in the decisions that you're making um, because you are the hope for the nation we have today. Um, and, and that's why I count it a privilege to be here to be able to speak to you guys because uh, I believe in you very much. I believe in leaders of the future. You're, you're leading actually today, but you're going to bring greater influence with your life as you get older. And uh, I believe it's important that you make a connection with the purpose and the plan of God in your life now if you haven't done so as a, young, as a youth before you graduated high school. But uh, I, always, I always love coming here. You guys are full of energy. You're alive. You, you're, you're great to speak to. Uh, real quick, I just want to talk about, we, we actually do ministry in Asia. Uh, part of what we're called, we're called REACH, Project REACH Ministries. REACH stands for Reaching East Asia with the Commission of Christ. And what we do is we, we base out of Thailand. Anybody know where Thailand is? Anyone been to Thailand? Uh, how many's been to Cambodia? Shout, yeah. How many's been to Vietnam? Say yes. Laos, Burma. Well, that area, China, anyone been to China? That area we have in the world today is East Asia. We actually, when you take Mongolia and you come down through China, you include the Koreas, you include Japan, you go all the way down through Southeast Asia and you go into Indonesia, that population of that area is 2 billion people. Now today we have a world of over 7 billion people and, and what we understand is 2 billion is, is about one third of the world's population. So, but out of that 2 billion, only it's, it's estimated that over 80% have yet to understand and hear the name of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's a big percentage. And what we believe, God has put a, a call in our life to go over there and to train nationals to do the work of the ministry, which is reaching out, sharing Jesus, planting churches, uh, evangelizing. And we believe that if we uh, empower the nationals to do this, that when we leave, the ministry is still there. It still remains. And so that's our purpose. And, and we actually have a brochure. If you want to know more about us and the, the, the nations that we're working in, uh, uh, Pastor Zach can direct us outside on the booth out here. It tells you a little bit about us. You can find out all that information. You at least contact us or find our website. So that's a great resource if you want to know more about what we do. Um, tonight, I want you to open your Bibles to or your, your iPods, your, your Samsungs, whatever you're using today. I want you to open to the book of John and chapter 16. And what I want to do this, I want to share with you tonight about the influence of the Holy Spirit as our guide. The influence of the Holy Spirit as our guide. Touch three people and say, you need a guide. You guys are too quiet. Say this out loud. I need a guide. All right. You're out there. Um, what you'll find is this, you're in an area of life, some of you have already made decisions about what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Some of you are finding out that decision. Some of you have no clue. Some of you, how many married people we got here? Raise your hand. All right, you've made your decision. You can't make any more. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> but those who have not made a decision, this, it's a big step. 
Can you say amen? I mean, you can either have hell on earth or you can have heaven on earth, depending on if you marry the right person or you choose the wrong person. And, and I'm telling you, it's very important that you make the right decision now and begin to prepare for it now rather than wait till later to scramble around and say, oh, is this God's decision for my life? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, well, I don't even know God or I don't know. I want to tell you this. There is a God and his name is Jesus Christ, his son. He sent to influence us and give us a quality of life that is greater than the world could ever give us. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and sometimes it's been wrapped up in the bottle of religion, and I hate religion. I grew up in, in certain denominations, and I experienced religion. And let me tell you this, religion is, is a bunch of junk. Religion, it, it doesn't offer people anything. It turns people away from God. But when I finally became into a relationship with Jesus, I had an encounter with God, and I knew he was real and he was alive. It changed my life. It transformed me. And I experienced something outside of religion. I experienced life with God through Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants for you. And he wants you to give you a, a better quality of life than the world could ever promise you. And, and so how do you find that? How do you, how do you go that way? I, I just want to share a little bit of my testimony, my personal testimony, and how the influence of the Holy Spirit brought me to where I am. They say, man, how did you know you were going to be on the other side of the world going into uh, closed countries, carrying the gospel in dangerous situations, ministering to pastors who's been in jail one to three times in prison. I mean, if you heard the stories of these men and women, and I'm there teaching them, and sometimes I feel so unworthy standing before these people because they've, they've sacrificed more than I could ever sacrifice. And sometimes I, I wonder, what am I doing standing before them, teaching them? And God said, you know what? I used a donkey to speak before. I can use anyone to speak, and if, you, if you'll listen to me, I'll take you where I need to take you, and I'll speak things through you that I need to speak to influence people. And God, I'm here to tell you tonight, God wants to use you to influence people. God wants you to influence your society. He wants to use you to influence the United States of America. Some people believe America is going to hell. I'm here to tell you, no, it's not, because there's people like you. Touch your neighbor and say, you are, you are purposely created and designed by God. And the purpose he designed you, I'm here to tell you tonight, is because he has a plan to use you, not only to bring a better quality of life into your situation, into your family, into your relationships that you have, into the plans and the, the, the financial aspects of your life. God wants to bless you. You need to get a hold of that and understand that. But not only that, he wants to you, bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. That's his desire. And I want you to begin to see that and understand that about God. You know, for myself personally, I grew up as a teenager. I was very fearful. I could not stand in front of three or two people at a time, even talk to them. I wouldn't make eye contact because I was so bound by the spirit of fear. I would begin to shake and I would turn different colors. and I would almost pass out. I would go to high school and they would want me to do reports and I would tell the teacher, uh, just flunk me, give me an F. I'm not going to stand up in front of people. And I can remember being in my church and, and I grew up, my, my father divorced my mother when I was very young. And, and so I had two different denominations that I went to, one on my father's side and one on my mother's side because my grandfather was a pastor in this one denomination. Then my mother went to a different one. And I grew up and, and, and you know, you see the aspects of religion and I seen, hip, you know, how many's ever seen hypocrites? 
They say they're living one way and they live the opposite way. And, I, I, you know, you don't like that kind of stuff. And you say, this is all facade, the church and this religion, you know, it's not real. And, but I, and I can remember going and my mother, she started going to a different church. She went to this church that was a spirit-filled church. Touch your neighbor and say, spirit-filled. Ooh. Do that. Ooh. And I remember when she first went to this church, and, and it was a different church, and it, and it was different what I was used to. I was like, oh, these people are kind of different, kind of strange, you know, because at this church, people spoke in tongues. And I was like, oh, you know, from my grandfather's side, we don't believe in that. And so, I, you know, it was, and I used to, I would sit in the very back of the church on the last pew, and I would get down as low as I can. I would try to go to sleep if I could. And I get down on the very last pew, and, and, and what, what happened in this church, though, is the pastor, wonderful pastor, his name is uh, Dr. Phil Richards, he, he used to, how many, some of you know him, amen. That was my pastor I grew up with. And so he would, he would begin to minister and teach from the Word of God. And what was really neat, as a teenager, I had people warn me as I went to this church, be careful of that church. They do those spooky things, and they will, put, they will cast spells over you and make you fall on the ground. You know, and so I was like, you know, no way, man. And so I, I was, and it made me listen to what he was saying. And so it caused me to listen to his teaching very closely. And he would begin to teach from the principles of the Word of God, but he would talk about the Holy Spirit. And so I was listening to all this, and I would see these demonstrations. And he would have words of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is when God gives you information about a person or a place or select information that only, you could only know it from God, that humanly possible, you couldn't know that. And he would operate in the words of knowledge. And know things about people. And I was like, oh, man, he might know about my sin, about what I'm doing on the weekends, you know. My mom doesn't know. I would get really get in trouble. My mom would really, really mess me up. <laughs> and so I would sit on the very back pew, and I would be so afraid. And then one time, this, this South African evangelist came to our church. And I could never remember. He was so bold. He was big. And he was, bless God, hallelujah. And he had these eyes that would just pierce you like flames of fire. And I was like, no way am I going near that guy. And I actually, I would get down, I would try to lay down on the back pew. Because he, he, was, he would actually get down out of the pulpit. And he would walk down the aisles and look people down and bless God, hallelujah. <laughs> God is doing something here. And, and I, I was afraid, I was petrified. I was like, no way am I going near this guy. And so I can remember I got down and I actually, it came to a point one night and they were having a revival and my mom made me go. You ever had that happen where your parents make you go? And, and, and he said, I want to play for all, I want to pray for all the young people in the building. And all, all of a sudden my, I finally realized what he just said. I said, oh my gosh. And I actually got down on the ground like this. And I'm like down under the chairs and I'm like, no way am I going up there. And this usher came by and he said, hey, you, hey, you, you, you. he's calling for the, you get up from there and you go down. And I was just like, well, not me. And he said, yeah, he's calling for all the young people. You go. And I was like, no way. So I remember walking down, it's very back of the church and I'm walking down and he's up at the front and he's got this, he's taking this bottle of oil. And you know, I used to see people pray with oil and they just do a little dab will do you, but he's pouring the oil. And it's flowing all over his hands and dropping to the ground and dripping on the carpet. And I'm like, this guy is weird. And, and so I come up to the front line and, and we're all lined up. And, and I began shaking. And I'm like, why am I shaking? And, and I sense this, this warmth, this presence. It was wonderful. 
I mean, if you ever did alcohol or drugs or whatever, you know how it was like better than that. It was better. And I was like, what is this? It was freaking me out. And he started praying for the young people. Bless God, holy, you know, he'd be, he'd say, be filled, be filled, be filled. And I was like, be filled? You know, and so he started coming down the line. And as he got closer to me, I began shaking more. And I was like trying to stop shaking. I couldn't stop shaking. And he came and he stood in front of me and I just closed my eyes. I didn't want to look at him. And so he, 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 he must have backed up because I heard him kind of like going, <laughs> It's kind of, and all the next thing I knew it was like somebody threw a fireball. It's like you had a fireball and threw it into my chest. And I don't know what happened. I woke up and I was on the floor about five feet back. And it's like electricity to the, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like flowing through me like a fire and electricity is burning. And, and, and I was, you know, to your mind, you freak out because it was God. It was the anointing. It was the Holy Spirit. And, and all I remember, I started bawling and crying. And you know, as a teenager, you don't want to cry in front of anyone, especially if you're a guy. And I couldn't stop crying. And I just, and, and it's like it settled, this fire come into my hands, and I couldn't stop it. And then I heard the words of God speak to me. And God spoke to me for the first time in a real, what I feel on the inside was a voice I could understand on the inside of me. He said, I love you. I love you. I love you. And when you grew up, you didn't have a father. But I am your father. And I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And I am always with you. I love you. And all I could do was just bawl and bawl. Because, you know, I went through a divorce home and, you know, having a father around. And I, but I knew in that moment, God was real. I had an experience with God. And the Holy Spirit came into my life and changed me. And I was never the same. And from that point forward, he began to break fear over my life. He began to take me in steps of standing up for Christ. And you know how it is when you go in, you have fear sometimes and standing up to the peer pressure, but then God nudges you along. And the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and says, you can do it. You can live for me. And so the work of the Holy Spirit began working in my life to change me. I want you to, if you're in, John chapter 16, look with me at verse 13. It says here, however, when he, everyone say he, the Holy Spirit is not a it, it's a person, it's part of the personhood of God. But when he, the spirit of truth, everyone say truth. How many here needs truth tonight? How many need truth and answers and questions you have and situations you need truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Who is he speaking for? He's speaking for the Father. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Understand this. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to be weird and freak you out. He comes to bring the voice of the Father in your life to give you truth. And it says here, it says, whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you what? He will tell you things to come. This is what I want to make emphasize here tonight. The Holy Spirit wants to have an influence in your life so that he can show you things to come for your future. 
And he will do that. And if you learn to have a relationship, first of all, your relationship begins with the Father God through Jesus Christ. And through the work of the blood of Jesus, forgiving and cleansing you of your sin and bringing a new heart into your life. But then is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I can remember sitting in the back of that church and just freaking out, you know, by the people. But as I would see it from the scriptures, that there was the baptism when we are put into the body of Christ when we're saved. When you are saved, you are taken out of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you are immersed or baptized in what we call the body of Christ. You become one with Christ. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His forgiveness is towards you in that experience. But then there is water baptism when we publicly make known what we're doing. We testify to people, I've been changed by Jesus Christ. That's why it's important to be water baptized. You're making a public statement. He's done something inside of me. But then is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's where he comes upon you and he baptizes you with the power and the influence of heaven's ability and he gives you a power to understand things to come and reveal truth in your life. And we all need that. And I began on that journey then to understand that. Even though I had been taught in religion, stay away from tongues and that baptism of fire stuff. Be, be afraid of that stuff. Run from it. But then when I experienced it, I experienced the voice of God and the voice of my Father that brought purpose and destiny to my life. And I kind of wondered, why did they always teach me to stay away from this when this is bringing me to my destiny and revealing to me the value of who I am by the Father. And so I began to, to understand that we have to sometimes adjust our thinking from what people have said to what the Word of God says. Don't let people influence you unless they're speaking to you truth principles. Always guide your life out of this book. Amen. Don't put the Holy Spirit before the Bible. Actually, the Bible will confirm only everything the Holy Spirit does. And we need both. We need the Word of God and we need the Holy Spirit. Now, so I went on this journey with the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I got baptized. Actually, you say, when did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, I went up in church. The minister laid hands on me to receive, and I didn't receive it then. I felt the power of God come upon me, but I didn't speak in other tongues. And I was like, Man, I really, I really, because I understood from the Bible the principle of what it meant to speak with tongues. And so I went home, and I was like, I was talking with God, and I was like, I really want to speak in tongues, God. You know, those people are speaking in tongues, and I, I, wanted to re I want to speak in tongues. And so God told me, right there in the bathroom, just get down and just begin worshiping me. And I began worshiping God. I was right there in front of my, bath, my, my tub. I was having an experience right there in my bathroom, by my bathtub. And I was just, and then all of a sudden, I got quiet. And I felt like a warmth and like just the love of God just rise up out of my heart and I began speaking in tongues. It's a wonderful experience. And I want to share with you tonight a little bit about that. But let me, let me cover this. And I'm sure, you know, if you guys have questions about the Holy Spirit, Zach and Lauren and the people at 19 North, they can give you materials to understand what it means. Because you need to understand it. You need to know what it's about. But you need to understand that the Bible promises it to every believer. And it's something given to us as a right to pray out mysteries and to pray out the plan of God. Now it says here, he will be your what? Your guide. Everyone say guide. I live in Chiang Mai, Thailand. In Thailand, where we live in the north, in Chiang Mai, is a great tourist destination. People come from all over the world, Europe, 
Scandinavia, you know, America, China, they even come down and they come to experience what they have in Chiang Mai. They have lots of jungles and, and, and hills and they go mountain back ride, they, they do go visit waterfalls, they do trekking, they have elephant rides. Uh, anybody here ever ridden on an elephant? It's an experience, isn't it? Only do it for like 15 minutes. Some people book it for one hour and you're just like, <laughs> it's not fun at all. So everyone, they come to this place to do all these things. And part of that is, is, is you go trekking and you go to waterfalls and you hire a guide to take you to the waterfall. And what is the guide's purpose? He's a guy who's been there already, right? He knows where to go. He knows what to avoid and what not to avoid. He knows how to lead us and take us. But you know, sometimes we get these crazy Americans who think they know everything. I know I can say this because I'm American. We Americans, we have, there's a book called The Ugly American. I don't know if you ever read it. It's about sometimes we are so prideful. We think we know everything. We think all the other world should be like us. And so we come with this attitude, you know, we know it. We are America. Hey, don't mess with us. We got the biggest army in the world. We got, you know, look at our, we influence the world. And so they come over and, and, and these Americans go with this native guide and he's taking them and he's, he's saying, okay, we're going to go this way. We're going to go around this mountain and around this side and we're going to come back around and then over here, wait, over here is a waterfall, but we got to go this way and around to get to this waterfall. And some of the Americans who know everything, they say, uh-huh, there's the waterfall right there. Why are you going to take us this way when the waterfall is right there? And he said, well, you've you got to trust me. I'm your guide. And they said, no, 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 no. I know more than you know. I'm paying you. You should do what I say. The waterfall is right there. Let's go this way. You know, he said, oh, okay. If you think you know so much, you know, they're very polite, Thai people, very polite. You can go that way. I will wait right here. And they do the little Asian squat where they, they squat like this. And they can just, they can stay like this for about an hour or two hours. And their legs never cramp up. It's amazing. And they say, okay, you go ahead. You find the waterfall. We, we, we will be here for you, sir. And so the American, he goes through and he's, he's going through vines and he's fighting mosquitoes and he's making his way through the jungle because he thinks he knows the short way to the waterfall. And after he goes through all of this fighting, all branches and everything, and maybe finally he comes to a drop off. But the waterfall is right there. It's almost like he could touch it, but he can't get to it because there's a drop-off. And he realizes, oh, man, it seemed like I could get to it because it seemed so close, but yet I, I should, oh, I've got to go back. Oh, that means I've got to humble myself. That means I've got to say, I was wrong. And so he goes and he fights through the jungle again, making his way, crawling there, and he gets, and guess what? There's the guy still sitting there. Hello! It's wonderful to have you back again. How was the waterfall? Was it refreshing? Did you swim in the waterfall? No, you were right. I was wrong. I should have listened to you. Oh, so you're saying that the guide was correct. Yes, the guide was correct. If you would have went my way, we would be there already. I will do what you tell me to say. Let's go. Why? Because the guide was born there. He has generations of knowing the trails and knowing how to get there. Like the, I mean, it's so easy for the guide. But yet, 
we don't trust the guy. And that's what I say. This example I want to talk about is in our Christian walk, there are so many times that we don't trust the guide of the Holy Spirit. And in our human reasoning, in our intellect, we decide how we're going to get to point A, our own way. And we don't understand that maybe God's got a trail and a path that goes the opposite direction, but it's going to get us there quicker because if we go our own way, we will experience that blockage or that drop-off where we will never get there in our own power. And so what I want to challenge you here tonight is trust the guide. Learn to let the Holy Spirit be your guide and influence your life. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Be open to the teaching out of the Word of God of the principles of how the Holy Spirit influences us. And let Him begin speaking to you and showing you and guiding you in things to come. I can remember then when, you know, I graduated high school and I, I didn't know, I didn't have any, I wanted to be an airline pilot. I was crazy, you know. I wanted to do all this stuff. And, but then as I got into knowing God, God put a desire in my heart to go to Bible school. And so, you know, when I listened to the Holy Spirit and he led me, I went to Bible school. But when I graduated Bible school, I was praying. And in my mind, I know my, actually, Pastor John and Michelle that's here, they, you know, they said, you're welcome to come here and work with us. And in my mind, I wanted to come to Cranberry Township and stay here. But as I began praying... And praying for the, the Holy Spirit began telling me, go back where you came from. And I'm like, why do I want to go back to this little old, tiny town that has one red light? If you blink, you miss it. Why do I want to go back to this town? And, but the Holy Spirit said, that's where you're supposed to go. So I went back and I became a youth pastor there. And he began teaching me things. And then, you know, I knew I had to marry the right person. And I was actually, had been at one time dating a girl who was a wonderful girl. She was strong for Christ. But she had a very dominant personality. Anyone ever been in a relationship like that? Very dominant, very demanding, very too much telling you what you're going to do. And, 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 and it was through a process the Holy Spirit began dealing with me and showing me this is the wrong relationship. If you marry her, you will go and do what she wants to do rather than what I want to do. And it was hard for me to break off that relationship because I had created soul ties. I want to tell you here tonight, be careful who you date. Be careful who you get involved with because the soul will make connections that when the heart finally tells you this is the wrong relationship, you will have a hard time breaking those soul ties. So be careful. Be wise in the beginning. And so I, I remember I broke off with her, you know, and then, and then I started dating my wonderful wife right here. She is beautiful. Red hair, blue eyes. She's an angel. I have to say that. No, no I want to say that. I love her so much. And, and behind every good man is a better woman. And so I'm so thankful for her. But when I first started dating her, I knew I had missions on my heart. And I actually, I had an invitation to go to a mission school. And to, I resigned from my position as a youth pastor too early. And I told her, I'm gonna, we're going to have to stop dating and break off this relationship because I have a call to missions and I'm going to mission school. The worst decision I ever made in my life. And it's not that God didn't plan for me to do that. The thing was, was I wasn't ready to do that. It was not his timing. And when I did that and I said that to her, she wanted nothing, nothing to do with me evermore. I hurt her. I broke her heart. And so I can remember being in a Christmas banquet. I've resigned from this church. This is the last Christmas I'm going to be there. And I'm in the church and I look across the room and I see my wife. But she's not, you know, I've broken off. And I'm, and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking... 
oh man, she's not talking to me. She, she, she says she doesn't even, you know, because I hurt her. And I'm supposed to, what have I done? You know, and I went home, and when I went home, actually the gas in my house had run out, and it, and it was so really cold. And I'm sitting in my, my one little trailer all by myself, and I got a blanket around me, and I'm just having my pity party. You ever have one of those? Where you're just depressed, and you're just, you're just, you're complaining, you're like, oh, me, oh, me. And in the midst of my saying, oh, me, all of a sudden I hear the voice of God say, hey, hey, hey. God? Hey, hey, is that you? I said, yeah, I'm here. You're here? Why is this happening, God? Hey, have you been talking to me? I was thinking, well, I thought I have a relationship with the decisions you made. Did you ask me about those decisions? No, but it was my calling on my life. I knew I was supposed to do mission. Did you ever consider asking me for the time you're supposed to go? No, I'm not. Did you ever ask me if she was definitely the one or not? Didn't you sense she was the one when you first started dating her? Wow, I really messed up. Yeah, you really messed up. <laughs> and I decided that night, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray through till I hear from God that night. And I started about 11.45 at night. And I began praying and seeking God. And it was up to about, I say, I prayed to about almost 1 a.m. And all of a sudden, I had a tongue and I had an interpretation. And that's part of the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in that interpretation, God laid out my future and he told me timing. And he said in that that she will be your wife and you're to give her time and it will happen at the right time. And, I, man, I was crying right there. And everything like God said came to pass later. She didn't want to have anything to do with me even after that. I thought God was going to change her heart immediately. I'd go up to her and I no, I don't want to be your friend. You hurt me. But then it, God brought back the relationship. And we got married. And from that steps and going to the mission field, making choices of where we were to go when we went from Taiwan to Thailand now, doors that he opened to us in Vietnam and now Cambodia, and, and we're still working in Burma and why did all this happen? It happened because of the influence of the guide of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because the destiny that I'm living today is not a result of my thinking or my wisdom or my intellect or whatever I could plan for or I could conjure up. It's not that what, it's all Him. All the testimony goes to Him that it is the influence of Jesus in my life. And he receives all the glory for it because he is the spirit of truth that shows me what is a lie, what is false, what is the wrong door, and he reveals the right door to me. I want you to go to one other place in your Bible, and I will close here. I want you to go to see, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Is this helping anyone tonight? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you will look with me at verse 9 verse 9 I believe this I believe there's destinies in this room tonight that if you understood them you would actually be afraid and scared but see listen to me God understands your future and he doesn't reveal too much too soon you understand what I'm saying because if God revealed too much too soon you would probably run from the plan of God because right now you don't have the understanding and the grace you need for that future place 
So God takes you in steps. He shows you steps. And, and we learn that the just live by faith. It's a faith walk. He shows you a little. You trust him. You step. He gives you light for the next step. And you trust him and you step. And that's the way God works. Look at this. It says in verse 9, But it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who what? Who love him. How many loves God here tonight? I'm here to say that God has prepared some things for you. I used to hear the scripture preached. Oh, man does not understand. We'll never know what God has prepared for us. We just have to go through life blindly trusting him. He'll never know. I used to always hear that in, in, the, in the churches I grew up in, you know, and I was like, why do you want to follow God if, if, if you'll never know what he's got prepared? This is, sounds confusing. Why would you want to do that? Don't stop reading here. The next verse says this, but God has what? God has revealed this as a means to uncover, to show, to bring an explanation to. God has revealed, has shown, has explained them to us how? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I'm here to tell you tonight, the Holy Spirit, he wants to help you more than you want to help yourself. And he's not hard to understand. He's very simple to understand. When you begin reading the Bible and take a journey to understand the work and the influence of the Holy Spirit, He will show you and it will be simplified. Your intellect may be confused sometimes, but if you trust your heart and the Word of God, He will bring you to an understanding. You don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit like I was in the beginning because He's our friend. Jesus actually said, I'm going away but when I leave, I will send another helper. And as I was to you, 12 disciples, so he will be. And today we have the Holy Spirit that just as Jesus was to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is to you and I as disciples of God. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I, I, I'm seeing the Holy Spirit work in underground churches in Asia. And we're seeing the book of Acts unfold. We see healings. We see miracles. We see God do so many amazing things. And we see people come to Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And believers who yield to him, who are willing to let him influence their life. I want to ask you here tonight, are you willing to let the Holy Spirit influence your life? Because he will never force you. He will never push you. He will never pressure you. He will simply hold out his hand and say, Will you come? Jesus is calling. The Father is calling. I'm here to take your hand. If we can here tonight, just bow your head. Close your eyes. You may be here tonight. You may say, Scott, I don't understand a lot of what you're talking about. You're talking a lot of Bible words and stuff. And let's have the musicians come up while I'm, while I'm talking with the crowd here. You guys go ahead and come up. Some of you may be here tonight. And you say, Scott, I don't understand this. You know, tonight I came here. Maybe a friend invited me, and I don't know God. I don't know about all this stuff that's like religion and Jesus and, and all this stuff. You know, and I think about this. I think about when I was in China and I witnessed to an 80-year-old man and I was telling him about Christ and tears began to roll down his eyes and 
And I asked, what do you understand? And he says, my mind tells me this is all confusion and this is lies because it's from America. But my heart, my heart tells me that everything you said is real. And this man understood that it's not from the intellect that you connect with God. It's from the heart. If you're here tonight and you say, I don't understand all these things, but one thing I know in my heart, I heard you talking about a father who loves, a father who cares, a father who restores that which was broken, a father who wants to give me a destiny. And tonight, I want to know that father. And if you're here tonight, you don't have to leave. Just where you're at in your chair, with your, every head bow, every eye closed, if you say, I want to receive this love of this father, I want to receive Jesus, I want you to put your hand up and you can put it back down. Just be bold. There's one hand. Anyone else? Be bold. It's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. You're saying, I need Jesus. I want Jesus to come into my life. My heart tells me I need a Savior. Anyone else? Any hands going up as we're looking around? I'm going to give the opportunity to everyone. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I don't really know that I know. I'm not sure, but I know I need to make a decision tonight. If that's you, just put up your hand very quick and then put it back down. Thank you, Father. Amen. There's another hand. Amen. You don't have to be ashamed. There's no fear here simply a father who loves you. Now I want all of us to say this prayer out loud. Will everyone say this with me out loud? Say this. Say, Father, thank you that you love me. You created me with purpose. I need you. Forgive my sin. Forgive me for trying to do it myself. I receive the gift of Christ. Jesus, come into my heart and make me new. Take away my burdens. Give me life. I receive now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just made that prayer, let's give them a hand. If you made that prayer, please, I, Zach, you have someone that they can go and see afterwards who wants to give them material or anything. Amen, we want to do that. But right now, I want to do something. You say, I want to commit to having a relationship with the Holy Spirit like I've never did before. I simply want you, I'm not going to pray for you individually. I want you to just stand up where you are in your seats out there. You say, I know, Scott, tonight I'm making a decision. I want to have a closer walk and influence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to make a decision to say tonight, that's me. I want you to be bold where you're at. I want you to stand up in your seat right where you are. There's no fear here, just, just go ahead, amen, amen. I'm simply gonna pray for you where you're standing. I'm not gonna freak you out, I'm not gonna call people up, I'm not gonna pour oil that touches the ground. I'm simply gonna make a prayer here tonight that from this night forward, you're beginning on a journey to embrace the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I know 19 North, they have literature and information to explain to you about the Holy Spirit, and you need that. But simply tonight, you're making a decision. I want to begin a walk and a journey with the guide who is my guide for my future. Amen? Amen? Stretch one hand up to God. Put one hand on your heart. Father, I'm going to pray for each one of them. Father, thank you. Thank you. This is your children. This is your people, Father. 
This is the ones that you have called to be leaders, to be world changers, to be those who are destiny carriers, those who will influence multitudes, Father. They may not know it yet. So tonight, right now, in the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of fear over their life that is holding them back. In Jesus' name, let fear be broken, for you have not given them a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. And right now, under the sound of my voice, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing, for your confirmation, for this ability that you will begin intimately speaking to them and walking with them from this night forward. You will become their guide that will lead them into their future and to their destiny in the name of Jesus. Be full and be filled and begin your journey tonight with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Can we just worship God now? We have a song we can just worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Jesus.